Hi, I'm Barbara. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to The Young Tongues. This is a podcast all about our marvelous and magnificent tongues. Ooh, did I get you going? Well, we had tongue cancer. Ooh, did I just kill the man? Well, don't worry. This is not what you think. Get ready to hear all the ins and outs of our marvelous tongues. For a long time, we couldn't talk. And we have a lot to say now. Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Young Tongues podcast. My name is Barbara and I'm the founder of the Young Tongues, a peer-to-peer support group for young tongue cancer patients and survivor. And with me is my always fabulous and glamorous co-host, Jamie. Jamie, how are you? Hello. I am a little frazzled today, but I'm okay. (laughs) Just frazzled, but okay. Well, today's the day to be frazzled. It was hailing. It was hailing here earlier when I went for a dog walk. Hence, I've got freshly washed hair. (laughs) Oh, hell. (laughs) How are you? How's your your couple of weeks been? What's the big news? Uh, No big news. I've been feeling good. So no, um, no trips to the ER or anything, urgent care, nothing like that. So I say if it's been, um, we had spring break and it's been um, just laying by the pool and hanging out. So nothing exciting to talk about my life, which is a good thing because anything that's exciting means like, uh, yeah. So now I'm pretty boring and I love it. It's fantastic to be boring, although I don't think you're boring because I've been watching your Instagram and your poolside doing all the Baywatch impressions, so I'm loving it. <laughs> oh, yeah, did you love that? I showed everybody what my favorite birds are. It was amazing. <laughs> Go and check it out if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been Easter break here as well. Uh, not that that affects me because I don't have children, so I don't get time off. <laughs> you don't um, get to do the Easter egg hunt with the dog? Uh, no, we didn't. We could have done that, actually. No, we just, uh, to be honest with you, it was just a weekend of catching up on things. Um, yeah. Have you heard the new song by Paramore, Running Out of Time? It's a really no. cool song. It's a really cool song. But basically, the lyrics are, I'm running out of time. And that's what my life feels like at the moment. I'm just constantly running out of time. <laughs> I've got so much There's to do. There's never enough time. Never enough time. So the big thing that's happened for me recently, um, at the end of last month, my events company shut its doors for the final time, which, um, yeah, it was a, I don't know. I was a bit sad, but also I, was, I just felt massive relief because it's a decision I made in the autumn. It was a hard decision to make, but I'm totally convinced it was the right thing to do. Um, it's It does, I sort of reflected on it and it did feel like cancer may have won on something, but then maybe mm. this is just me evolving and finding a new thing. And And let's be honest, I am... On a really, really exciting trajectory. Um, so I have now started my new job at the Oracle Cancer Trust, which is a head and neck cancer charity. And I do comms and fundraising stroke a little bit of everything for them. Um, so I work for them part time and I am now using my other days to focus on 
the young tongues and getting registered as a charity and doing all the things that I said I was going to do. <laughs> I just ran out of time. <laughs> no, I think it's it's so incredible to, you know, you came up with this idea and I'm just here to talk about, but you do all everything else with young times and we're so appreciative of you know starting this group and everything that you do and you do work so hard so you know one chapter closed but I feel like this is really gonna be like your will like you're really gonna hone out this and help a lot of people oh thank you yeah and, and it's it's really exciting and I have lots of Lots of plans that I have to stop telling people about until I actually have time to do them and just get on with the basics. <laughs> so I'll stop talking about this and we'll pick it up another time when I've actually made some progress. <laughs> uh, we'll be waiting because I know you're going to be, once it goes, it's going to be going fast, fast, fast. So absolutely, you'll get there. So today's theme. Today's theme. Yeah, last week was all about pre-surgery, that weird in-between time when you're mm -hmm. diagnosed and waiting for surgery. Today is all about surgery. And again, we have two very different experiences because me was pre-COVID and yours was during COVID, which would have been mm -hmm. a whole different ballgame. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start by like arriving? Because we've had your COVID test. It came back negative. Yeah, it came back negative. So surgery was a go. So uh, my surgery was supposed to start early in the morning. So I think I had to be at the hospital at like 4 a.m. And this was March 23rd, 2020. So that is like right at the... I think the shutdown happened a week before maybe here in America. Um, so they said my husband couldn't come in and it was raining that morning, which is, well, not anymore, but it's it was weird for Southern California. I live in Orange County for it to rain. And I'm like, oh, this isn't good, John. It's raining. Like, I, I, this is not a good sign. And he's like, it's just rain. It's fine. Don't think about it. Anyway, I found it very... Uh, Sigh. I was like, oh, it's so poetic. Um, it's rainy. I go, well, this is my impending doom. So we pull in and then he goes to get out and they're like, no, who's having the surgery? You? Just you go. So I was like, it was like he dropped me off at school. I'm like, bye. Oh, I hope I see you later. <laughs> and um, and they were like, do you have any valuables or anything? I'm like, oh, I have my phone. They're like, oh, you can't have your phone. We can't, you know, because no one can be waiting for you so we can't have it I'm like okay so they made me get my phone to my husband at open like at the, the doors and I go in and I just like wait bye so see you later and he's kind of like okay what what do I do um so yeah I go in and then um there's a long line for to people who are having surgery at that level or something like uh, and they make you fill out paperwork and they give you the bag that you're going to put all your clothes in. It's so weird. It's so weird. I don't know how it is there, but I thought that was weird that I was like checking into prison. And they're like, here's a bag for all your clothes and we're going to exchange for this gown. Anyway, and then they gave me this paperwork and I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, you know, if you have a will, if you need uh, in case that you uh, expire, 
um, what's the next step that your wishes, your life. What a, like, what a word in case you expire. And, yeah, <laughs> and I think because everybody's not thinking clearly because we're in the shutdown and we have no idea like what to do. So it's like the security guards and the personnel in the hospital like checking people in. They, I, I don't know what they've been dealing with all night and now they're coming into these new patients and it's like these are the people that have life-threatening surgeries that need to be done. So, you know, I'm looking around, I'm like, yeah, yeah we all look pretty bad. I mean, I don't, but they, everyone looks like they've been through something. So I write the uh, paperwork and then I, I go to a room and I just sit there for a really long time and then someone brings me back in and um, they, you know, they do the, they get you in the, or you get in the gown and you have, oh, because I did a COVID test, um, they brought me back into, I think it's like pre-op maybe, I don't know what it's called, but usually it's like, you know, there's a bunch of beds and like the, the curtain that's pulled and you're just waiting to go in for surgery. They're doing the pre-op. But since I had a COVID test, they were like, oh, she had to test. They put me in an airtight room. So in, I don't know why, because my test was negative, but they were like, she has to be away from everybody else. So it was kind of nice. I had my own little room to like pre-op and all that. And, and I was sitting there, they were getting me hooked up to the IV. I had to wear that fun little hat that they give you, the little. Oh, I, I didn't have that. I didn't. Oh, well, they, you, you missed out, let me tell you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they took my phone. And they were like, oh, do you have anything else you want to put in the bag? I'm like, oh, no, they told me I couldn't take my phone. And the nurse was like, what do you mean they told you that? So immediately before I went under, I was pissed off because the information was wrong. Mm. And I was like, well, I know my husband's phone number. And I wrote it down. I'm like, this is who you're going to call when I wake up. You're going to call mm. him. His name's John. He'll answer. And I was like, all right, so... That's um, crazy. That's crazy that they it? took your phone because it's like yeah, it's the only way you can communicate to go. I'm okay. I'm alive. Whereas yeah, for me, it they was didn't really... want to be responsible for it. Yeah, it's just annoying. And then me. yeah, it was just from A to B. It was like ten feet of communication that just no yeah. one knew what was going on. So so if we stick with that part, for me, obviously, it was really different. Um, I was meant yeah. to go in the night before, but they didn't have any beds. Yeah. Um, so they rang me and they were really apologetic, but I only live, I didn't live far from the hospital. So I was like, no, no, it's fine. I, I'd rather, I'd rather stay at home in my own bed and get a really good night's sleep. Did they tell so, you why they wanted you to go in the night before? Was there any prep you were supposed to do or they just wanted you because surgery was early? I, surgery was early there? and I guess they, I guess there's some sort of prep, but honestly, I, I never asked because... Yeah. It went out of the window. So Interesting. And they, did, okay. and they just um, basically told me when I had to stop eating. But that meant we had enough time to go to a restaurant. So I remember that. Oh, so we went yeah. Out. It wasn't too long of a time, I remember. Like, no, you no. Know, you could eat till like midnight or something. Or Yeah, yeah, it was midnight, I wasn't, wasn't concerned it? about it. Yeah, I no. wasn't concerned about it. So I was like, well, No, fine. not at all. And then we just had to get up early and we arrived. And gosh, it's strange, isn't it? It's like you said, it's like, because I'd never been in hospital before as an inpatient and you sort of arrive and you have no idea what to expect and you feel like I don't know you feel like really alien like you enter the room and you're like I don't know where to go I don't know who to speak to I don't know what the sort of process is like do I need to go to a reception do I need to tell someone and the um yeah but then it was like you arrive and this I don't know 
a woman in in the hallway she's like oh are you Barbara I'm like yeah oh come with me I was like okay <laughs> and we were yeah, in a little all room out. yeah they had it all it was all obviously taken care of and they give me, gave me my little bag for my things um I think Nick had to hold on to my actual like overnight bag or or maybe I was allowed a small one and they put it in a locker or something yeah um, you're because my husband yeah they you had they have the overnight because you're supposed to have someone with you well yes exactly so so yeah. Nick was with me throughout the whole time um it was there was a really weird tension and nervousness like because it was just because like you you know mentioned it earlier and I just want to like point this out when you're going to hospital to have this surgery you're feeling okay. Like, you know, you're going to go in to have a surgery where you're going to feel worse after than what you do before. And for me, that was such a weird concept because I always thought, oh, you go to the hospital to make you feel better. And yeah, and and of course it was going to make us better, but my cancer hadn't really impacted my daily life yet. So Mm. it was like, right, I'm going to go and have the surgery to have a part of my body removed so I can do things less well. Um, (sighs) Yeah, that was bizarre. And yeah, and they did the same with the gown and um, gosh, they're drafty, aren't they? (laughs) I was just like after oh. all this year you can't get the little courtesy button in the back just yeah. in case yeah so is that oh and did you have to do the pregnancy test yes yeah I, I didn't expect that and then she's like oh you need to go do a pregnancy test it's like yeah okay sure and then it was really weird because she came back it's like oh I'm really sorry uh, you're not pregnant and I'm like well I'm glad I'm not otherwise we why did you say issue. it like that I have no idea. I guess she was trying to lighten the mood. But I was oh my god! Like, I'm really yeah. sorry. I'm like, I'm pregnant. Was no, like, you're pregnant. not. I'm like, okay, let's move along, lady. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I then um, I remember whilst we were in this little room, we could see all the surgeons arriving. So I saw. I was like, oh hi, yeah. So they're like <laughs> arriving in their normal clothes to work, and it's like a really weird concept because I was like, oh yeah. They have, like that's what they're like in real life. Yeah, they just arrive for work with their packed lunches, about to you know go into surgery. And I, I, again, you know, it's it isn't something that should be weird. But when you're in that moment, everything is just weird. Totally, everything's surreal. Um, oh, and then we had a really funny thing as well because my my surgery nearly got like delayed quite badly. Because they mm. couldn't find a mattress. <laughs> I was like, they were like, no, no, we've got a bed, but we haven't got a mattress. And I was like, what the? <laughs> and, it, and it honestly, it felt like I needed like the background uh, music of da 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 da. <laughs> it's just like one thing after the other. And, and but then no, they did find a mattress because they needed a certain type of mattress so you don't get the um, thrombosis and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they, okay, they, that makes sense. It was like it, there was a reason, like a valid reason. Yeah. Um, but like to you, right then, you're like, you can't find a fucking mattress right now. Exactly. Like, exactly. And the funniest thing was they then brought this mattress into the room, 
and the, the nurse woman went like, don't let anyone take the mattress. <laughs> that is your mattress guarded with your life. And I was like, okay, it's my mattress. <laughs> so they obviously must have people going in, oh, we'll take that mattress for someone else. <laughs> She's like, don't let anyone take that mattress. Oh my God. This is like... <laughs> I, this is playing out in my head like a sitcom right now. This is oh, so it was, funny. It was comic, comical, <laughs> but it was it was great distraction for yeah, me and Nick. Yeah, totally. We fo- just found it hilarious. And <laughs> I think because everyone else was so relaxed about it, because they do it every day, Yeah, it relaxed us as well. And, and everyone was nice, you know. No one made a big deal about the fact that I had cancer or that I was going for the surgery. It was just like a normal day. Um, right, that's what they do. It's it, you're yeah. the six o'clock. Oh, or six o'clock is there. Uh, yeah. Burn your head. <laughs> and and then so we'll come back to you, but because I think this is different for you because I actually walked myself into theatre. Theatre. Yeah. Or like the the pre room, like there's two oh. rooms. Oh, oh so, yeah. No, they don't let us walk anywhere there. No, I, I don't, again, I don't know if that it might have been because they didn't have the bed there or, oh. what, or it might have been a logistical thing, but she was like, oh, are you okay to walk then? And I said, yeah, it's fine. And that's when I started, you know, when your, your heart just like really pumping. So um, I put, um, we talked about this the other week, uh, I put sledgehammer on. <laughs> and danced I just really nervously danced down and then there was like the double doors so Nick came all the way until then and then there's the double doors and then it was like so that's when it was for me like bye and we had a kiss and I said I love you I'll see you later oh and yeah that's so different yeah and and actually we should maybe I I don't know if Nick would ever come on but someone someone's other half oh yeah to, to like talk us through what that was like <gasps> yeah um oh, we should do that yeah or, or maybe just have the two blokes like, oh no that's a bad idea <laughs> let them in charge but <laughs> anyhow don't kill the podcast <laughs> but um yeah so so then I went in there laid on a it wasn't really a bed it was more like a table yeah, that's, it's not like a um, yeah, it's not like a bed. It's like an operating no. table, like flat, yeah. flat. And then I sort of laid on there, and the oh, I can never say the word right. It's another one of these words I can't uh, pronounce. But you know the the person that puts you anesthesiologist. It, it, thank you very much. That word, um, and that was that again. I can't remember if it was. I think it was a cannula. They did something, but I was so distracted by all the stuff that was going on. And also I could see there was like the double doors and there was like a little window. So I could actually see into the theatre, like the surgery theatre. And I could see them all with their mask and prepping stuff and going like, oh, <laughs> wow. I was like, yeah, it, on one hand, it was like terrifying. On the other hand, it was like, oh, that's interesting. It looks like in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> um, totally. Yeah. That- and then. That's. I think that's cool. I don't. I, yeah. I yeah, it was cool because it was like watching people at work, and again, it it sort of made me feel confident because everyone looked like they knew what they were doing. Like everyone oh, was like, "That is comforting." That is comforting. Um, yeah, and then the the anesthetist started chatting to me, asking what I did. 
and I was talking and then suddenly I wasn't anymore. And that was it. Out. Oh. So how did yours, did they wheel you down? Yeah, so I was in that airtight room and then, um, so they made me, so because I was hooked up to an IV, so maybe that's why it was connected to the bed. Anyway, uh, they wheeled me down and I, I wear contacts because I'm legally blind. So I had like my big like um, Coke bottle glasses on, super thick, like they're black Ray-Bans that like, they look like Revenge of the Nerds. But those are my glasses that I wear. So I had them on and he was like, oh, I'm gonna take your glasses now. I was like, I can't see anything if you take them right now. He's like, I gotta put them in the bag. I'm like, oh, all right. And I took them out and then it, everything was fuzzy so like it felt kind of like in the movies where you see that shot of their wheeling it's like the person laying in the hospital bed and they're wheeling them down the hallway and you see the light the light the light so because that's all I could see was fuzzy and I was like I can't even see if there's people how many people are around me to be like small talk and I already felt weird because they were like looking at my chart being like how did you get this how are how are you I, I'm so sorry you have to go through mm. this I'm like oh just lucky, I guess. I got tongue cancer. That's weird. Oh, how about this COVID, huh? Like, it was just, like, weird. So we get to the, like, operating room. I don't remember a theater, but I couldn't really see everything. I remember it being really bright. Like, man, these lights were, like, like so bright. And you could see them above me. And then they were like, oh, can you scoot onto the table? I was like, yeah, I, I can scoot. I'm not incapacitated. So I scoot on. I meet the anesthesiologist. And then I lay down, they tell me where to put my arms. Did they have your arms go out or like to your side? I think one of my arms was out. Um, I have it to It had admit, to be. I think they positioned me after. Oh. Because <laughs> I, I, all I remember is like lying down and she had my arm to put the candles and stuff in. Okay, yeah, maybe but, that's what it was. But yeah. I put my arm out. That's what, it, okay, I remember now. Going in. There was a 50-50 chance they would have to take from my arm and leg. So they had to prep. They're going to they're gonna try and pull from my arm. But if they can't do that, then it's going to be from my leg or it's going to be both. And so they were like, we don't, you won't know until you wake up. And I'm like, wow, awesome. What a, that's great. So I met the anesthesiologist. I saw my two surgeons. And then there was a bunch of other people in there who they didn't introduce themselves. They were just like, hey, good morning. The... And then um, she's like, okay, lay down and we're gonna just count backwards. And that was it. Mine was like super quick. Once I was in there, done. Yeah. I was out. Yeah. So, well, firstly, um, just to pick up on your point. So I saw a really cool video the other day um, and I will reshare it on uh, on our Instagram and everything because and, and we'll, we'll link it into the show notes I've not done that yet I'll put something in the show notes um and basically it's a video of a lady who got diagnosed in 2019 as well um and but she was a a, a news reader like before so she basically gave the news crew access um to her operating theater so that it was like, it's only like a 90 second bulletin, or maybe it's a bit longer than that, but they basically talked to her about her diagnosis and what it felt like. And then um, basically they show you a bit of the room and there's a ton of people yeah. in that room. And also that's only like 
one team because it's a 12-hour operation. So there's mm -hmm. several teams that come in and out. Now, I don't know the answer to this, but I, I know someone we can ask, but maybe listeners, if, if you know this, or maybe we could do a guessing game, how many surgeons does it take? <gasps> how many? <laughs> how many? The oh nearest wins a, well, they win a shout out. But um, <sighs> yeah, I'll, I'll ask, um, we, we actually have a young tongue who is training to be a Max Fax surgeon. I mean, that's a crazy thought, isn't it? So she got diagnosed whilst she was in training. Um, oh and I'm gosh. hoping I'm hoping to get her on onto this podcast. She's being a bit shy yeah. at the moment, but Sarah Jane, you're listening to this, you're coming on. And Do hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully she can like answer the question, like how many people, like how many surgeons and who who else is in there? Because it takes like it takes a whole village basically to yeah. To it's do a long this. surgery it's a long surgery and lots of different disciplines as well and lots of support people so the, that's that so and that video I, I found it bizarre watching it because I was like oh wow it felt so familiar and yet it was a it was an aspect of the of a moment in time that I didn't witness because I was out cold um and they showed her when she was under with like tape <gasps> over her eyes and sort of you know, uh, and I guess her face was was visible, but I know some surgeons actually cover the face because they don't want to see your face, yeah. I guess. Again, something to ask a surgeon. But, um, yeah, I'm going to show that um, share that video. That was really, like, wow, impressive. And it's not um, – there's a tiny bit of surgery, but it's not gory. Yeah. Um, I was able to deal with it, so yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um yeah. So, and you saying about the leg? So they took. Did they take the skin graft from the leg? Because that's what they yeah. did for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were actually maybe going to have to take the flap from the leg. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Flap. because um, they like, we don't know yet. Once we go in there, we'll figure it out. I'm like, oh okay. wow! Was that because of the that, size? Yeah, because it was real big on the outside, and then like the way that it was read on the PET scan, or like. We don't know if it's gonna, it's go, which way it's like going in or how big it is. And once they got in there, it was bigger, but he was able to avoid the my my arm. Or but I have a big chunk on my leg. Like I've seen some skin grafts, and I'm like, mine that looks different. So I don't know what he did. <laughs> That's still a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. Um... So again, just for the listeners, so I had a partial glossectomy which basically means a quarter of my tongue removed uh, and mine's towards the back of the tongue, not the tip. I still have my tip, uh, but basically the side, so about a quarter. And so the full word is a partial glossectomy with forearm-free flap and neck dissection. Wow, yeah, that's it. Uh, well, another one of those mouthfuls. Um, and so my forearm flap, as well as Jamie's, was taken from the wrist, which is where they take the skin and some, let's call it flubbery stuff, to basically reconstruct the the shape of the tongue. And then they take usually a skin graft from the leg to cover up the area mm -hmm. of the arm that they use the skin for the tongue. And the reason they like using the arm or the wrist more specifically is because that's the, the thinnest skin 
on your body that is most like or most likely to imitate your tongue sort of thing. Oh. Um, however, from the group, so that's just my knowledge. This is not um, sourced or anything. That's just my knowledge from talking to my surgeons and talking with people. However, within the group, since we've had the support group, we've had a whole variety of different flaps. So we've had lot, most of them, lots of people. No, not just lots, like absolute... Um, majority is the forearm Mm -hmm. we have some people who've had it from the leg and most like impressively we've had people who've had it from within the mouth so the lining yeah so the cheek so that from the lining of the cheek they've taken something from there um if you're listening to that and that is you let us know we want you on yeah i want to hear about how that whole healing process and if it did make a difference with like speech yeah it'd be really interesting and the other thing we had so with the forearm again most commonly you have a skin graft from your leg but we know we've had a few that have had like a bit more of a a different type of um surgery and it's it's steph and steph's going to tell us exactly but it's something to do with a cow Oh, it's from oh. from it's a, from an animal, and they've basically covered her her. I know they uh, used stuff for the, from a pig. I know they. Oh, do was that it from a pig? Too. Not a cow. Like, Wrong animal, but from an animal. <laughs> uh, yeah, because like they use pig valves when you have um to replace an artery for oh, if you okay. have a heart attack. Yeah, they yeah. use a pig valve um, instead of an artery, like a synthetic, like a mesh. Oh. I want to say that was like a, some part of a stomach or so, but don't quote me on it. We'll get her on to explain it exactly. But hers means she doesn't have any restriction in her wrist because that, and and actually the skin, oh, like healed oh. really nicely. So, so yeah, that that's interesting. Yeah, and yeah, then your but yours but, but but yours you had a bigger one, so you had a hemiglossectomy. Yeah, well, I had. I was supposed to have a partial, and then when I got in there, they had to remove half, and mine was towards the back left. So once I got in there, it was like almost like golf ball size going in once I opened it up. Wow. And then, so they they take that tumor, the cancer, out, but they also have to remove like a good chunk around it just to make sure they get it all. So, you know, they say like, oh, we're going to re- only remove this much, but really it's like bigger. And yeah. then... um yeah, so my I have a skin graft on my leg, but I also have another big old chunk on my leg. From I feel like I'm all that's where they they stuffed it and then they patched it. Is <laughs> yeah. how I think about it. They tried to smooth it over, um, but uh, my I didn't have the is it trait? What you, the tra- how do you say oh, it? I don't know how the, to say that word. The trach the trach the trach there is a whole hold on i'm i'm gonna get up it's not trait is it not tracheotomy tracheostomy it's wrong it's probably it's probably wrong what i just said tracheostomy okay Um, i I didn't have to have that but i didn't no no i didn't no you didn't i had the neck dissection so do you have a neck dissection? Same. Yeah. Yep, I have mine too. I thought you did have a trick. Who am I thinking no, of then? No, no. Uh, okay. Lots of people have tricks. So this is... Um, yeah. 
So this is really interesting, basically. And, and again, uh, we'll have to get someone on who had the experience of a trach. But yes. um, in my pre-op, like, preparation, this was mentioned to me as an anecdote. Oh, you might need a trach. Um, and it's basically if there's excessive swelling and we feel nervous, we'll put a trach in to make sure that you can okay. breathe. Um but it was honestly, it was just like mentioned as a sidebar. It's very unlikely, da, 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 da. But basically, when you wake up and you have it, don't panic. And one of the really interesting conversations that I've had with the community again, when I sort of asked, you know, to create content, I asked people, what was this like? And I got a huge reaction in terms of how traumatic an experience it was to have a trach. So we'll, we'll go into more detail when we when we have someone on with us to really yeah. shed light and and but it did make me I brought that up with my surgery uh, surgeon like in during my checkups and I said hey I really think you should make more of a deal about this even if it's unlikely because the mental health impact the whole trauma um like provide information of of what to expect even if it's like really yeah. unpleasant and, but at least I you mean, can mentally sort of prepare yourself that this might happen and this is how it might feel like. And and yes, it's not a nice experience, but it's a survivable one if you know what's happening to you. Yeah, you know, I hear like, not horror stories, but like, you know, waking up with that and being like, wow, do I feel like I can't breathe? Like it's a different way to breathe, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's just to not um, be forewarned of that or being like, yeah, you know what, they brought it up casual, like during like, this is what we're going to do. Kind of like the same way they brought up, you'll have a feeding tube because you won't be able to eat. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, and there's this and that. And then you don't realize the scope of it until it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like really traumatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we, we both have had neck dissection so i i mm -hmm. think again from the group it's a bit of a mix i think in general most people have the neck dissections at the same time as they have yeah and those are partial... two, that, those are two different teams from your tongue to the neck it'll be a different team different though, and, and the people normally. doing your hand and the people doing your arm is a different team as yeah well. that's right because you have you have max fax surgeons, you have plastic surgeons, and I'm sure you have a whole list of other surgeons as well. But with the neck dissection, it's basically the removal of lymph nodes. And the reason that is important is because even though we have all these scans and everything, our cancer doesn't show up in the blood. And it's hard to see where the cancer has gone, even on the scans actually I'm not even sure if it's even possible to see the cancer mm. on scans again that's a that's a surgeon question on, on pet scans you can see it on a pet scan but can you see it in lymph nodes as well yes, or can you only see the big tumor no my tongue lit up like that's what when they're looking at they're like your tongue's lighting up and these lymph nodes are lighting up so like if you're reading the pet scan you'll see like a big blob here and then like the little sparks mm. here and there and that's where they're like that's just gonna be like you know because you have a whole thing of i don't even know how many lymph nodes you have but in your neck but there's tons right tons absolute tons yeah in, so in all your face like actually, a, your entire body has yeah notes, but yeah. most of them are actually in your neck and your head um yeah and they just like ping off of each it's gonna be like if it's yeah. there it's gonna be here here and just 
So, so basically, if there is spread, it owes spread to, or into the lymph nodes and glands first. So they, they also took a, yeah. a gland under my ear, which I think is pretty standard to take out, and mm-hmm. lymph nodes. And then they send all of this stuff to pathology, um, and yes. that's how they determine. So in again, as a general rule of thumb, and please don't quote me on this, but from the experience that I've seen so far from the community is it's actually very unusual to be told what stage cancer, what type of tumour before the pathology report is back. And and things like having good margins, having been spread, um, what type of tumour, if it's an aggressive or or less aggressive, let's be honest, they're all aggressive, Um, you know, what shape it is, if it's a bit like a a spider or a, with tentacles and all of that or if it's like more like a ball all of that comes up after the surgery so yeah. it's all an unknown so the the way I understand it is they take a whole load of lymph nodes basically to figure out if your cancer has traveled or not true yeah yeah and um yeah so they, they could see it I, maybe there is some that they can't see on the pet scan I I have heard of that before but in precaution, they do remove it yeah. and then they'll test it after. Yes. Yeah. And we'll, again, we'll visit that. Maybe, yeah. hopefully, it'd be really cool if we could get someone on who actually works in pathology <laughs> and could tell oh, us, will. like, how they run the, run the t- test and everything. Again, yeah, that if, would if be very interesting. If you're listening and you know someone, send them our way. We'd love to have them. Yep. So, yeah. So now, so, so where we, we're, we're, we're basically... We're done with surgery and you wake up. Yep. And how do you feel? Well, I think I'm a bit of a special case. (laughs) Um, So I remember this thing, like before I went under, I had a junior doctor and I knew, I know he was a junior doctor for a fact, but I had this junior doctor who made a real, really big play of when you wake up, you will feel terrible. You will feel like a bus has hit you in the face. That's what you're going to feel like. And that is absolutely normal. And you know what? I think for everyone else, I think that's a really good piece of prep to have because then you're sort of like ready for it. I think he knew what he was doing. I think he knew what he was doing. However, (laughs) because I'm such a weirdo, I woke up and I was fine. (laughs) and I was fine like beyond that at least I think so it's really hard to tell because I was really high on drugs and it turns out morphine really agrees with me and I was basically having a party um but I remember like this is quite a bit later but when I ended up on the ward and this same junior doctor was like doing his rounds and I was like you and he's like what what so you said the bus would come it never showed up. <laughs> oh my I, gosh! I loved you. Oh, you were you didn't skip a beat. You were like, no, I, I was like, it never showed up. It's like the first bus company. They never show up when you're expecting one. <laughs> and I remember this because all the nurses were laughing. But this yeah, you're hilarious. Guy, this guy had an absolute like humor failure and was just really confused to what I was talking about. <laughs> And then he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I had to explain the joke and then it wasn't that funny anymore. But there you go. (laughs) 
<laughs> but Hi. yeah, no, I just I That's woke so up. That's so funny. I, I the way I described it, I woke up and I felt um, I felt the love, and I truly like again I was caveat I was really high but it was almost like I could physically feel people thinking about me people like sending me their love and I just was just like felt so loved and so happy and I was like oh I'm okay and I very quickly once I sort of woke up I just went one two test one oh I can talk <laughs> so, oh my God. So, um, yeah, because you wake up in like a, a little room. You don't. Yeah. You don't wake. I didn't wake up in ICU or in. Um, no, you're in yeah, the same, a little room. Little, little room. And um, there were two people, which I think were nurses. That's the only thing I couldn't really see. Everything was just really hazy. And I sort of went one, two, Tesla, and they're like, "Oh, you're awake, you're all right." Sort of like reassuring me. I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm happy. I made it. I made it." And then, um, I and I remember this because it was like they were in the middle of a conversation, you know, between workmates, sort of thing. But I was like, I can talk. I want to talk. So I remember sort of getting their attention and going like, "Can I chat to you, please?" And they're like, "Yeah, of course." I mean weird person who's just had surgery on her tongue <laughs> wanting oh to speak. my gosh and oh I my gosh and i think i gave them my entire life story and it was just like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> you're like it still works it still it's works yeah oh and i've gosh. always i mean all my any mates of mine listening to this will be chuckling to themselves because there is a running joke that basically i talk an awful lot and not even tongue surgery would shut me up. So I believe it. I believe there you it. go. How about you? How was it for you? Uh, so I woke up in a small room, just like you, and there was one nurse. I didn't have my glasses on, so it was fuzzy. Um, but then she had my glasses in her hand and my phone. And I oh. was like, oh, she's like, I let your husband in to get your phone, I guess, during surgery. They called him and were like, hey, she just went on, or we just started, everything's going good, whatever. They give an update, I guess, they call. Um, and she, I guess, he had meant, like, can I give her the phone? And she met him out at the front. They did the exchange, and she had my phone. Oh, they are, they like, are so lovely, aren't they? They She was so an much. angel, yeah, an angel. And like, hi, she gave him my glasses and my phone, and I was like, and she's like, no, I'm like, oh, and then but my mouth, and then I had like the feeding tube up my nose. So that was weird. And they stitched it in there. Um, so immediately I felt pain because that like any, if I moved a certain way, the stitches would pull. Oh, they stitched um, it. They stitched it into the why? side. So it wasn't, I don't know, but that's Ooh. why I hate, that's why I refused it um, later on for radiation. But that's another day, another time. Um, but I had instant pain with that because I was like, oh, shit, there's, I got something up my nose. And then, like, um, I turned my phone on to see, like, the, like, I was going to take a phone out. And I was like, huh? I couldn't even, like, open, but, like, my neck. They didn't even clean me up. I had, like, you see the drips of, like, I look like yeah. a Frankenstein or something. Or not Frankenstein. It just looked like a Halloween store. I put, like, the dried blood was all there. 
Um, it's it's crazy I, yeah. how they don't clean you yeah. up. I still had marker on my face or right. something. I had all yeah. sorts of bunk in my. I had like flubbery stuff from like body fluids oh, in my yeah. hair. I was yeah, just like, what? That was, it was like a gelatin something. I was like, maybe they were going to plan on something. And then I was like all over looking at my face. I didn't even realize my leg. And I was like, oh. So it was kind of like I came to and she's like, hi. And I was in this room by myself. And I didn't even try to talk because I couldn't even open my mouth. I was just like, she's like, here's your phone. Your husband came in. And I, so I was like, okay. I had my glasses. So I just texted him. I was like, I'm alive. And thanks for the phone. And then um, after they, you're in that small room. I don't know when they moved me, but then I got my own room, like I guess in the regular ward. Well, well I, I assume you were on ICU. Because it was COVID. Uh, yeah, okay, that might be different. Because I ended up on ICU for a night. So intensive care oh, Maybe unit. the first night, like they leave you yeah, in. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's basically, uh, the ratio is you have one nurse between two people. And you're still, I'm, I was really out of it, like, and yeah. Um, also, so my, my surgery overran and oh, okay. no one had told Nick or gave it, he didn't receive any updates basically whilst I was under. Um, so he was like chasing them. Um, but then eventually at some point him and his mother sort of made an appearance. Um, I I can't really. I, all I can remember, his mum's got like bleached blonde hair. Oh, so all I can remember, was, yeah, I could just remember her hair and her voice because she has got. <laughs> oh, wait. She's like, she's there. She's there. Uh, you can't miss her. Uh, bless her. And yeah, and they then left again. And then I was in ICU overnight. But I'm just, I'm just thinking maybe we should chat about ICU experience and the sort of first 24 hours after surgery and everything else yeah in the next, in the um, next episode yeah so this is just we wake up and you wake up so that was a huge thing you wake up and then um they put they put you in another room i'm like trying to think i just i couldn't have anybody with me and then i couldn't mm. talk so i found the communication um barrier to be very very hard because if i like i started to choke on something and i like trying frantically to find the button i couldn't yell um so that was terrifying hmm. so i just felt like you know you had your husband to be with you but i had nobody to even like advocate hmm. for me if i needed hmm. something uh, i had him later but i didn't have him for the first 24 the hours first, yeah oh okay. yeah because i was in this icu unit so they 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 were yeah. allowed to oh, come yeah, in and you then have, that's yeah, yeah like intensive care so but, um yeah. yeah that yeah, that's like the whole gist of surgery um so mine was right at the beginning of covid yours was like normal but you seemed mm -hmm. to you came out of it very optimistic where i was like uh you know i part of me was gonna feel like I was waking up and it was going to be like what's that one like the walking dead where the hospital like the lights are flickering because of like the pandemic because they scared <laughs> us so bad yeah and I was just like I just hope I come out of it and then yeah but and also like hoping you didn't catch COVID whilst you're there because yes we did, yes that was, we, that was we a didn't big know fear. If, 
we didn't know if COVID was going to be even worse than the cancer, you know? Yeah, but in this point, the shutdown just happened, so it's serious. Yeah. It's killing people. And I remember, I also, oh, I also remember uh, after they moved me from that little room, all I heard was coughing everywhere. So I did feel like I was, I, always, I just felt like I was in a movie mm. and all the coughing. But that surgery. <laughs> I, and to and, any, for anyone listening who's newly diagnosed and about to go into surgery, I hope what today's episode has given you is a real contrast of how different experiences can be. And yes, I would always prepare for the worst, like mentally yes. try and prepare yourself for the worst case scenario of what they describe and, and go on to our social media and look through all the information we've put together, uh, especially the experience change ones, because they do give you um, quotes from fellow patients who've been there and done it. Um, and, and alternatively, go on to the Facebook group and ask all your questions and um, you'll always get an honest opinion, but you'll always get a really good variation and variety of different experiences. And that's the main thing, the little bit of positivity that I wanna, want you to take away that hopefully you'll wake up and you know you feel the love and it's not quite as bad as what it, it can be, but obviously I appreciate that yeah. for some people, it's not like that. And just ask all the questions to your surgeon. Don't ever feel embarrassed, like you don't understand something. Just ask, ask anything. Nothing is ever going to be too stupid or far-fetched to like say. Just make sure you have all the information you need, so you can feel confident going in. And uh, like Barbara said, like yeah, you know, this, it's cancer. Like you already, it's bad, but you want to know everything that's going to be done and the facts and what to expect. And that's the best thing is just, just ask the questions and be prepared for the worst. I know it sounds horrible to say that, but it's true. <laughs> Speaking of questions, Jamie, oh, okay, do we question. have a do we have a listener question? Um, okay. So we do our question every podcast or every episode. And my question today is from the experience of being in the hospital, what is one thing you wish you brought with you? at the hospital? Well, because I was so over-organized, I don't think I could have taken another thing with me um, <gasps> because I probably, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have been allowed to. <laughs> but I can tell you the things that I really appreciated. Um, my number one thing was I went to the hair salon the day before and I had my hair plaited over the top and down the sides mm. so I could lay on it comfortably. And also, you know, you can't wash your hair. You won't be able to wash your hair for a really long time. So to have it, if you have long hair, to have it plaited, to have it out of the way is an yeah. absolute, yeah, absolute must. And I was so glad I did that because I sometimes, I don't know about you, I... I I could easily wash my hair every day. I hate it when it goes all sweaty and clammy and um, uh. it, I just feel dirty and actually having it plaited in that way. Um, and even I had someone re-plaited whilst I was in, in hospital and, br you know, brush it, to <laughs> brush all the gunk out and then re-plait it. Um, yeah. But it really helped me feel as clean as I possibly could. 
Mm. Um, so I really that and and actually no, there is something I wish I would have done that oh, uh, okay. a, a fellow young tongue brought up was to have like a, a pedicure or a manicure before. Oh, um, because you know you are. <laughs> yeah, so it's is, like, but I look good. Well, let's be honest, our faces. I'm not going to look good post-surgery. I, I, you can be as no. beautiful as Jamie. You oh. are going to look hideous for a little oh. while. It will pass. But until then, yeah. you know, having nice nails, having nice feet. Um, yeah, it makes you feel a little bit normal in this yeah. shitty situation. Exactly. Shitty. And also the nurses will mention it. They'll go, ooh, look at you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's, uh, yeah, that would be my number one tip. What What's yours, Jamie? Um, well, I didn't have them the first night, but then I had them. So someone, they must have brought in extra stuff for me. John brought my bag, I think. The, um, I had a weighted eye mask and it had Bluetooth speakers in it because like the lights are always on and there's constant beeping on machines all the time. Mm. So I actually was able to sleep with that. And then, um, I wish, I didn't have these, but I wear them now. The really soft, uh, like, conditioning socks, like the the soft, um, they give them when you go, if you, like, do, like, a full pedicure, and then you put those socks on, and you sleep with them overnight, and it, like, softens your skin, but they're, Ooh. like, really cozy, much better than the hospital socks with the stickers on them. Um, I feel like those would have been very nice in my little, they my little boots they put you in i i think general because they put the stocking things on don't they so you don't get mm -hmm. again thrombosis yeah, so and the, <laughs> yeah the the, uh -huh, the, the granny the, the granny compression things yeah um, uh -huh. but I, I have to admit i think when you're packing it's to just think about comfort so for me i went to buy um this um house coat or what do you call it like um like a robe like a right yeah a robe but like a really fluffy one um with oh, a yeah. hood with a hood so oh, I can put nice. hood and, like yeah and have like yeah. fluffy socks we're saying that don't buy fluffy socks because it's the number one gift you will get from all of your mates <laughs> that's true i did get a bunch for christmas and i was like why didn't anyone get this for me for hey cancer oh we I, want fluffy I socks I got loads. I've I've got about fifteen pairs of fluffy socks just from having cancer. Like everyone gave oh, me fluffy socks. I was like, right. Lucky. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, um, this is actually I need to credit Kate, our fellow young tongue, on this. Um, quite after surgery, even though you you know you might bring books and stuff, but actually. With all the drugs in your system, it's really difficult to read. And actually, it could be mm. even difficult to watch something on screen. So mm -hmm. audiobooks, podcasts, uh, anything yeah, totally. soothing. Um, I remember people have listened to like the whole Harry Potter thing whilst they're in it. Or like just something that's going to be like calming. And yeah, yeah, comfort. Comfort. So yeah, comfort, mm -hmm. comfort, comfort. That's, that's all you you can do in those times really yeah all good things all right well i think we covered surgery <laughs> we are we are there so next time we'll we'll pick up where we left off in icu and and the sort of time in in hospital after um and thank you very much for today's questions listeners if you have funny weird 
any type of questions that you want yeah. us to answer, um, send them in, send us a DM, put them on, on the comment on the Instagram, or, you know, if you know us, WhatsApp us, or put them yeah. on, the, on, on the group. doesn't matter. Instagram. But, yeah, come up, come up with creative ways to torture Barbara and Jamie to trying to answer a question. <laughs> <laughs> so there's it's your challenge. It's my favorite part. It's my favorite <laughs> yeah. part. So on that note, Jamie, thank All you right. so much. Thank you. Have it's a fabulous a two weeks. <gasps> you too. I'll see you Bye. next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram under at YoungTongsGlobal. Or email us at YoungTongs at Outlook.com. See you next time. Bye.